0: I'm Hailey Armadillo, and welcome to KWP, Kids With Problems, where Pumped Up Kick applies way too well to our discussion. My book, Queen Bees and Wannabees,
1: despite the title, is the most reputable book out of the whole groups. Hi, I'm California, and my book, One of Us Is Lying, is if the breakfast club went shopping on Hot Topic and came out with more than just weed. Hi, I'm Burrito Crescent Rolls, and my book, Fat Angie, is a mix
2: of Mean Girls with a Lesbian Twist. I'm Spencer Spencer, and Give a Boy a Gun is about
3: unobservant adults and violent teenagers. So, high school. My
4: name is Himalayas, and my book Restart is about people not just falling off roofs, but into deep-dish depression.
5: My name's Rochelle Cahoots, and my book is about a whiny little bin. Storage bin, because that's where he stores his emotional baggage. Wannabees by
0: Rosalind Wiseman discusses, to every extent, adolescence. Wiseman discusses popularity, cliques, boyfriends, sexuality, even as far as abuse, developments of addiction, and school violence. The author appeals to parents as they attempt to navigate their child's changing body and mind. I also feel it is important to note that this book inspired the iconic film Mean Girls. Although Mean Girls is an exaggeration of modern teens and their lives, Do you still think the movie, and ergo the book, which follows the same formula as the film, to some extent is an accurate portrayal of the social dynamics and
3: common conflicts in high school? I think that it's really accurate, but it is exaggerated for movie-book sake, just to show it a lot clearer. So the exaggeration makes sense in this circumstance.
1: Of the mindset of, like, a teenager.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think especially in conflicts, too... You see, especially in the main click, as you follow the, the protagonist, she has this cattiness with, you know, the head of the group, the queen bee. And I think, although girls don't like to admit it, that is a similar dynamic between other girls. You
5: see that, you know, in Conflict, yeah. yeah. Um, I've always thought that the events in kind of these coming-of-age movies where there was always, like, a big click of popular girls or whatever is kind of not really based on, like, events that might actually happen, but kind of on how the teenager might perceive it. So like they might see it as something far more dramatic uh, than it actually is, but that's how they feel like it's going.
4: Stuff that we see in movies, all of the situations in some way or another manifest into what we're going through. And we, as people and teenagers, just over-exaggerate and think in the short-term instead of what happens long-term. We're so focused on this one thing and what's happening that we
3: miss the bigger picture of like life in general. But also in high school, everything is, this is the way it ends, and if I don't get it perfect,
1: then it's wrong. by Karen Ed McManus is the classic whodunit trope circling around our five main characters. Bronwyn the brains, Addie the princess, Nate the criminal, and Cooper the athlete. Now, the fifth character, Simon, is what really got the party started. This book caught my interest a few years ago once I read the synopsis. The classic group of students get detention when all of a sudden, Simon dies of a m- mysterious allergy attack. The novel goes in the first person perspective to show the mindset of every character and to possibly give the reader clues to find out who isn't a victim. My question is, how far would you go to keep your secrets? Would you really murder someone because you don't want them to find out that you're getting in deep with your partner's best friend while shooting heroin in your veins? Um, I
0: mean, like I said, it, it just it reverts back to the mindset of, you know, teens in general.
3: It's very do-or-die-like.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can see, you see especially like with school violence, kids think to that extent. Maybe not as dramatic as this, but they do use more dire and more violent methods in order to solve their problems if they're desperate.
1: Yeah, I kind of see it as this kind of motive thing, like um, while I was researching this, I saw a case where this 14-year-old kid, he manipulated his best friend into stabbing him multiple times. This was a case in 2004, and the reasoning behind it was that he just wanted to get out of a rough home life. I think that's something that a lot of teenagers feel, especially in high school, because they somehow feel isolated or somehow feel like just different from other people in a negative way and that causes them to lash out.
0: Yeah, I read an article that there's a part of the brain that swells when there's stress or any sort of bullying, harassment and it causes a lot of strain on the body and ergo the mental health of your child. Lots
2: of teenagers' humor in, like, this day and age is very negative. Like, oh, if, <laughs> like, if I don't get a good grade on this test, like, I'm going to die or something like it's that. It's very but self-deprecating. But yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's what we find funny. But what some people don't realize is that it actually manifests into something real for some kids.
4: The high school in general is where we're growing up and trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do later in life? what am I going to do next year, Mm -hmm. or what am I even gonna do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Like, figuring all of that out and just getting somewhere is so... It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like, it puts you in this state where we do find negative stuff funny, but it's partially just to cover up how
3: scared we are inside.
2: E.E. Charlton Trujillo presents a story about bullying and harassment given to fat Angie for being an overweight teenage girl by the kids at her school and even her own family. Casey Romance is another one of the main characters that steps onto the high school scene as the mysterious new girl and instantly befriends Angie, an unlikely occurrence in her life, but quickly finds out that Casey Romance wants more than just a friendship. At first, Angie is startled by this new concept of liking a girl, but finds that she really does feel that way about the mysterious Casey romance, and soon the feelings become mutual. However, Angie now deals with being labeled as a dyke. Throughout the book, Angie deals with harassment both verbal and physical, her newfound fling, and trying to find an escape route of the terrible reality she faces every day through other means than stress eating. Since Angie finds out she turns out to be a lesbian, if people like her are happy with who they are and who they decide to be attracted to, why don't they just ignore all the hate and rude comments that are thrown their way?
1: But more importantly, why do people feel so against gay relationships? For people that don't, like, support, you know, a homosexual community, I uh, they're afraid of change and what it'll do. And they're afraid of the consequences that come along with that, because change can do a lot to people. but. Um, like, I can understand why, like, people would just be, it would be really hard for somebody to ignore rude comments and everything because it's so overwhelming and especially if it's directed at you. Um, but I don't really know that it's
5: a fear of change or a fear of feelings that they might have. No. Um, I know, like, for religious reasons, uh, it's, like, that's generally a major driving factor behind not supporting the community. and. Um, I think it's not really that they're afraid of change per se, it's that they just don't think it's uh, like natural.
3: I definitely know that when you're being bullied for being like a nerd or having these things that you kind of can control, it's one thing, but being bullied over something that you have no control over can weigh down on you a lot more than just a personality trait. done two teenage boys are relentlessly tormented and tortured to the point of homicidal violence they steal semi-automatics from their neighbors and trap their peers in the school gym planning to kill them all and then themselves they think that they only have each other and when they start to argue one of the boys gary shoots himself in the side of the head in the confusion of gary's sudden suicide brendan the other boy is attacked and beaten to a coma the story is told through a series of first-person accounts in the style of several chopped-up interviews what do you think the boys could have done to let out their anger that doesn't involve violence because they did this thinking it was the only way out of the horrible situation they were in
5: you know i think the best way to solve it would probably be talking to someone that you trust and important to talk to someone that
3: didn't have that complete rage yeah.
0: i think that they used violence as because unfortunately it works it sends a message mm-hmm. and it makes a very big statement and that's very really unfortunate and it's really sad for our society but it does get the message across, and it does give them the attention they wanted.
4: Like talking to an adult or like a parent, it does help. Despite mm-hmm. the fact that people are like, "Oh, my parents not gonna understand." There are other adults. There are other there adults out, there. Other there. Adults out mm-hmm. there. There really are, mm-hmm. and you have to remember, like your parents have been teenagers at one point, and all of these adults have been your age
1: and have gone through what you're going through right now. If I was in that mindset, like I would just think that this person, like the adults at least, they would not understand it. they would brush it aside. So you may think, oh this doesn't relate to them, oh they don't know what I'm going through.
4: Like they've been in these situations, they know how to get around it and like work it out. around with many ideas throughout the different storylines of each character's perspective. However, the one that stands out to me is when Chase Ambrose, the main character, falls off his roof and can't remember. Um, He goes through the difficulty of trying to regain his memory. However, as he does so, he realizes how much he hurt people in the past by bullying them. So, what does... um, being crazy have to do with this, which is a bad way to phrase it. But like, what does mentally not being stable enough to figure things out like have to do with this?
5: Um, situation? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a, well, a lot, yeah. yeah. Very, and that's
2: it. Very like inspiring. I know. <laughs> There's yeah. lots of conversation. I know. Um, I don't
5: know. Like, if you're so mentally unstable that you can't figure stuff out. You think you're going to make good decisions? Like, this oh, yeah. is not
1: how it works. Well, it's it's pretty tragic in itself, but it's also Sounds kind very of- very traumatic. Yeah, and know. it's also kind of, like, redeeming for this character, though, to know that, like, even though somehow he's been the worst person of himself, he somehow got a second chance to be better. Yeah. Also, I think,
0: in this case, if he did have such a big change, I think subconsciously he already knew he needed to change. Because I yeah. think- Bullies at times you don't realize what they're doing, but in most cases They think they're they're aware of the pain they're causing and sometimes they don't know how to stop it Or they use it as an outlet and it's the only outlet that they have and so I think for this character here he was one of those people who already knew except he maybe didn't know how to change it or maybe he didn't have an outlet, another outlet to go to.
2: But in this case, I believe that removing yourself doesn't help because so many things have already happened to him. Like he fell off a roof for goodness sake and he lost his memory. And so completely just forgetting your past doesn't really help in this situation. What I'd suggest is that you learn, you relearn your past, accept it, and then move on from it. Yeah, to pop in real fast, it um.
0: Forgetting everything or ignoring it, it doesn't help you Like in the situation, it's, it
5: prevents you from growing. Mm-hmm. So, Bullyville by Francine Prose covers some really important topics, but I think it takes on too much for a mediocre writer and shallow, underdeveloped characters. Um, so Bart, the main character, he loses his father in 9-11 and ends up going to a schmancy private school. Uh, he gets bullied by one of the kids there and then ends up keying his bully's Cadillac Escalade, um, because that's logical, naturally. Um, and then he volunteers at a hospital as penance, uh, through a program that the bully's father set up. Um... So basically, I wanted to ask: Do you guys think there are certain personality traits that make people more
3: predisposed to bullying? And if so, what? Like, y- I absolutely think that has something to do with it. Some people, and I know this because my sibling is this person, some people are very easily targeted because of how open about themselves they are. They're very, they make themselves very vulnerable. And in that case it becomes very easy for people to attack them target them because they already have their guard completely
1: down i personally think that the background that they do come out of is very significant to you know point out why their actions are so harmful it's mostly like i've been raised and taught to know that like don't be so hard on bullies even though they they can be awful you don't know what it's like behind the curtain like it's a big it's a big trope with tv shows too when they show the bully side you know like, um, like for example, Mean Girls with Regina George, she's been put on this high pedestal her whole life. She doesn't know how else to act except be on that high pedestal, pedestal no matter what. And then another example, um, Nelson from Simpsons, he lives in a really awful household. His mom is a stripper, you know? And he can't really take out that anger on anything else but then bullying other people. So, like, backgrounds with they, how they live and how their parents treat them in my opinion, are very significant in creating a bully.
3: Think we're in a very cookie-cutter society of are. <laughs> yes. If you don't fit yes. that
1: shape, then you're
3: like thrown out. Mm-hmm. I know, I, know. I, I think, that's, really. changing. I think that's changing. I think that's changing. I think
0: that's
4: changing a lot, especially with our generation. Well, they also mm. are like getting judged for it. You know, they're being labeled as, oh, that society that is entitled and sure that like mm-hmm. some there, are are there are things <laughs> about them that make them naive mm-hmm. and entitled but there's also like aspects of them that where they're like they're more environmentally aware and sure they're more technology based but that goes into the whole like they're trying to be social with also like trying to be successful okay, okay cool wait, wait, wait. I have a very important question for you all
5: um if you're gonna buy a Cadillac why would you buy the minivan? I have no <laughs> idea. If you're going to
3: spend the money on a Cadillac, why on
1: earth would you buy a minivan? Mom car!
2: Yeah, why? <laughs> you know, why like would you buy a friends minivan Friends in there?
1: Like... I, I could fit so many friends in there, drinks, people. No, yeah, but really? I don't mean, you know how
2: many
4: cupcakes you could fit in the minivan. Why are cupcakes I know, important? Or, I know, but I'd rather have like a really
0: sexy, you know, white Cadillac <laughs> than like a yeah.